Hey guys, welcome to another great episode of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club. In fact, today it's a season finale of season two. I have an amazing guest with us today. Deb from Big Life Magic is all about heart healing. So what a way to round out season two, where we've been working on your energy management than to talk about the business of the heart. Let's get started. Welcome to the Crazy Ex-Wives Club, a podcast dedicated to helping women navigate the emotional journey that is divorce. I'm your host, Erica, and if you're trying to figure out life after the big D, welcome to the club. Whether you're contemplating divorce or dealing with the aftermath or any of the many phases in between, the club has got you covered. Each week, you'll hear stories from women who have been in your shoes. This isn't about spilling tea and divorce details. This is about giving you the tools to take control of your own healing journey. Listen in weekly for advice, tips, and tools to help you move through each stage of the process. Hello, Deborah. Welcome to the Crazy Ex-Wives Club. I'm super excited to have you on today. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm super pleased to be here. I'm well, thank you. Yeah, well, you guys, I first stumbled across Deborah and her work um, just earlier this month. In fact, I had the opportunity to join a big summit it's for divorced people, but I was listening to all the experts and I immediately fell in love with Deborah's content because she spoke so much about the importance of healing the heart. And on top of that, she also is another, you know, little woo woo, but also behavior based expert over here who believes that you truly can create magic in your life. That magic absolutely shows up for you when you do the work to open the heart, to be ready to listen, to move through all those pieces. So I'm super excited to just be on here and chat about the heart today. I love that. I love when people go to the heart of the matter and they say, let's talk about the heart. I'm like, yes, please. I am all about that. Right. I mean, the heart guides us in everything we do. And yet we mm -hmm. are so quick to shut it down. We are so quick to not listen to it. I know for me, that was one of the big like post-divorce healings I had to do was forgiving myself for not listening to my heart, for kind of kicking it to the curb a lot. Yeah. And I think, you know, our hearts have their own narrative, like in our lives, and they're going to go through a whole heap of different chapters and have different stories to tell us and lessons to share and times when we're expanding, times when it's breaking. Like it's it's an amazingly beautiful narrative and a time like you describe where like you're on the other side of a big change in that heart story. I let people know this is a really amazing opportunity to reconnect with your heart, like figure out what is that relationship? What, what do I want? Yeah. in my heart space. It kind of gives you a, this this place of like, almost like a new moon. It's like, oh, I can, I'm allowed to start again. Yeah. How would somebody do that? You know, I know how I did it. I just kept looking at it. every time it hurt. I kept looking at it and I kept asking myself why. Right. And I kept digging in deeper and I kept saying, okay, I get heart. I get you're hurting right now. Okay. But what do you want? Oh, I wanted, a, you know, to be chosen or I wanted attention. And then I'd ask myself again and I'd say, but why do you want that? What's the really the root behind it that you're trying to to soothe or trying to have what need are you trying to have met? Mm, mm. I mean, this is a layered, layered, wonderful Steve. landscape of <laughs> yeah. our hearts, right? And I think what happens in 
in our healing spaces and in our heart spaces and definitely in the magic spaces, because I work in the magic realm as well as in grief and heart repair, mm-hmm. is that we do end up with a whole series of questions and forever in the seeking of. And so I kind of like to to support people in, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the question, but what about if we find that rather than being a question we have to answer, it can be actually a curiosity that can open more space for us. And when I say you have this, this opportunity to create a new relationship with your heart is the answer is not going to be the same it was three chapters ago in your story because your heart evolves and it changes. Like I say, our hearts break, but our souls bounce. So our connection to our heart in our earthbound lives is the heart is like the seat of the soul. It's where our soul self is anchored in our earthbound self in this in this amazing ride. Here we are earthbound. And by design, our hearts will break. It's not an accident. It's not that you did something wrong. It's not that it's happening to me and not the other person. Your heart is designed to break and it breaks on purpose. So we're given the opportunity to put it back together, to be in that intimate relationship with our heart, not with another, not with the world, not with our greater purpose, but in a relationship with your heart, full stop. I think that, and that's the part that's so hard, right? We so Mm -hmm. often run from it, you know, something... Mm -hmm. Something painful comes up like a divorce, like a loss. You're grieving something. And, you know, we could go down the rabbit hole of grief has so many layers, but just even in the the big concept that grief is loss and that it just hurts. It sucks to sit in those places and it sucks to sit. You know, I, I remember for me when when my heart was in those severely broken places, I would have done anything to not have to sit in the realization of that pain, I kind of equated it to like a little Tasmanian devil would get kicked up. Right. And this, this monster would do anything and everything to try and run from it instead of sit with it and stay busy and to just avoid it because it was, it felt so big. And it is big. It's your heart. You know, that's why I, I take issue with, You've got to feel your feelings and you've got to go through it. Yes, you absolutely do. But the issue I have with it is where's the guidebook? Yeah. So am I supposed to just sit there and feel my feelings? Because that's really painful. And at what point, At what for what purpose? Mm-hmm. Which is why I created the Big Life Loss to Big Life Magic framework because this is a part of the work that I do. So, yes, my business is Big Life Magic which is, you know, this is what we all want. We all want to actually bring whatever magic is to you into your life, which is around relationships, the work we're doing, the families we're building, the places we see, the way our hearts will expand. Like that is your big life magic. And again, by design, soul design, we will meet big life loss. And I said there's four of them, four Ds of big life loss. There's death, divorce, diagnosis or the dream that doesn't come true. And if you're living a full life and your heart is beating, then you're going to meet at least one of those Ds. I mean, I've met more than one. I've met more than one. (laughs) Yeah, most people I meet have met more than one. 
And when we do meet a big life loss, it is this opportunity to, you know, be in a chapter of our heart where it's like, yeah, sure, maybe I'm not feeling the best, but it is fertile ground for getting into this intimate understanding of our hearts. And it's tricky territory. It's tricky territory because we're not taught to be there. We're taught to be up in our head. And when a loss like a divorce happens, there's a whole heap of other feelings there. It's not only heartbreak, there's there's the grief, there's the guilt, there's the anger, there's the resentment, like there's, you know, there's a lot going on. A lot. And so therefore, you know, the big life loss to big life magic framework is literally the steps to take. Yeah. Where do I begin? You know, and you begin with the loss. And the framework is so simple, it's literally L-O-S-S, build a bridge, M-A-G-I-C. Like there's steps for each of the letters. And, you know, healing is not a straight line. You may start at the L, move to the O, and then suddenly you're like, I'm not ready for the first S, I've got to go back to the L. That's okay because at least you have the roadmap, you know, how to work through the loss more than I've been told to sit and feel my feelings. Maybe shall I light a candle or something? You know, it's like, I don't know if that's going to (laughs) work. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than getting stuck in that phase. You know, it's almost like you're in a dark room. You have no idea where the door is and you're being told to to figure it out. And most of the ways that we're told to figure it out is logically on the therapist's couch, talking through it, mm-hmm. talking about what happened to us mm-hmm. instead of feeling our way through it and not getting stuck in it. And what about creativity? What about movement? Mm-hmm. What about activations? So Like for me, I work in in the healing and the magic realm, but I'm also a creative artist. I'm also a storyteller. And so all of that gets woven into my work. And this is also work that I have done myself. So like my, I mean, as I shared, I've met more than one D, but my biggest life loss to date in this life, and I'm, I'm imagining it is going to be my biggest life loss this life, was the unexpected death of my son, Sage, Joseph. 10 years ago. He was one month shy of turning 11. He was not ill or sick at all. One morning I woke and he didn't. During the night, his heart had stopped and his spirit took flight. And I shifted in that moment from a single parent to a grieving mother. And that's where I was like, I don't know how to do this. But I was curious because I had been working in the healing realm for, for almost 20 years at that point. Yeah. So I was like, I know a few things. What happens, what's possible for me if I take this curiosity and I start to apply it to myself and my own journey? What will I find? And that was the beginning of my big life loss to big life magic journey, was literally walking at myself and figuring out what's actually making a difference what's feeling like I am on the pathway and moving forward. Even if sometimes some days I'm going sideways or shimming back a little bit, that's part of the healing journey. Yep. But finding the way through, because I was really committed to going through it. I was like, if I am going to be who I am in this life, which is an energy guide and a spiritual teacher, then I meet this with full heart, deep curiosity, and in the belief that healing 
can and is occurring right now for me. Yeah. And I think it's so similar in in that I love the self-exploration, the self-help, right? The growth. I'm always looking for the growth and the transformation. And even with all of that passion that I love to constantly be evaluating myself, how could I do things differently, better? What, what new thing can I learn to be better in where I'm at? It's still some days felt like that journey to getting out of this dark room was never ending. And so then I think yeah. about the people who don't love self-help, who people who don't love looking at the things and then a big yeah. pain like this comes along and it can really leave you feeling so frozen and so stuck and unsure of what to do. Yeah. And I think also unrecognized. Yes. This is something that occurs to me often. Women will connect to me and then they'll say, it's been a year or it's been two years. Why am I not happy yet? Mm-hmm. Like it was my choice or I know deep down this is the right thing for me. Yep. But why am I not feeling better, Deb? And it's because the energetic heart, like the heart that has broken open, we've either just put a Band-Aid on it and wished for the best mm-hmm. or buried it or denied it or not even focused on it. And then we start to think it's, oh, I'm getting really anxious or am I depressed or all of these other kind of self-diagnosis or we start to, you know, give ourselves a hard time that shouldn't we be feeling different by now? Yes. And it's it's actually about like stop, pause, breathe and be with the healing of your heart and with each step of it because it's more than, it's not a one-hit wonder. No, that definitely surprised me, you know, cause I was the one that finally was like, okay, it's been two years. I'm ready to file. I think we're done. Mm. I think I'm, I'm now lined up to what you told me two years ago. My heart's lined up to it. I had done the work. I had done the visualizing. Right. And I, for a long time had, I talked about like, I would visualize at night before going to bed, being on the edge of a cliff. And was I ready to take the leap forward and soar and join the eagles that were flying? Or was I too scared yet? And I would sit back down. And for, you know, years I would sit back down. And when I finally decided I was ready to take the leap and, you know, your heart's flooded and everything feels so amazing. And then I go and I file and the divorce is final. And then my heart finally really broke. And so it had had been cracked open those whole two years, but I had taped that little thing together so tightly just to survive right? To be able yeah. to make it through that I had created, mm-hmm. I had avoided a lot of feeling healings that now needed to come out of my body. And I was shocked at why was I crying? Why was I so sad? Why was I on the couch for a week, unable to get up? I asked for this and I wanted this and it really caught me by surprise. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Erica. I want to personally invite you to join the Crazy Ex-Wives Club cohort. This is a small group coaching program that I am thrilled to be leading. If you're a woman navigating the rocky waters of divorce, I know how challenging it can be. And it's why I created this program. I truly believe it can make a difference in your journey. Each week we'll meet for 60 minutes and I'll be right there with you, guiding you through the healing transformation of the three phases. From those uncertain moments in your marriage to the overwhelming after world of divorce, we're going to conquer it together. You'll learn how to line up to what you want. You'll find yourself and you'll get your feet underneath you to thrive in your new world. And the group isn't just about coaching. It's about community. 
You'll have the chance to connect with others who understand what you're going through, and I'll be there to provide expert guidance and answer all of your questions. So if you're tired of feeling alone on the path, if you're ready to experience guided development, support, and the warmth of a community that truly gets it, this is your invitation. Don't hesitate. Check out the details at thecrazyxwivesclub.com and take that first step towards healing and thriving. I can't wait to meet you and be a part of your journey towards a brighter future. The Crazy Ex-Wives Club cohort is your path to empowerment. So what are you waiting for? I promise you won't regret it. You guys go check it out. And I can't wait to see you in the group. There's also, you know, the the divine timing and the stages of of when your heart steps forward and says, actually, it's my turn now. Yeah. Because like same with work when my son died, like I don't know how long the shock lasted, but it wasn't days, it wasn't weeks, it was actually months. Yeah. Where I thought I was actively grieving and I wasn't, I was coping. I was coping and I was waiting for the shock waves to settle underneath my feet. And I was still trying to figure out who am I in this life now? You know, am I still a mother? I don't know. Like, you know, I had a whole heap of questions and I was, you know, doing the best that I could traveling through that. But it was actually months later that the, the true grief came where I started to do the deeper work with my heart. I think that happens for a lot of us. Like you said, like, whether it's a divorce and you're going through the details, there's the financial arrangements. If you have children, what's happening there? What's happening with the property? What's happening with everything, with the diagnosis? There's trips to the hospital. There's treatment plans. Like there's after someone dies, there's the funeral. There's the time when the family's present. Then there's the time when everyone leaves. Like it is, it's that moment that you describe when you're on the couch when you're like, I can't get off the couch. And actually, I don't want to. I just want to eat chocolate or drink rivers of wine or, you know, put that song on that makes me cry for the fifth time today. I'm really guilty of one song repeat (laughs) repeat and just cry it out to the song. And I like to remind people that when they're in that, it doesn't always have to stay that way, but you get to stay there as long as you want. And so feel the feels. And yes. And that was for me, like crying it out and it hurt and I'd be fine one minute and then insanely sad the next minute. And just each time it was, if you want to just sit in the, in the front of it and just this sucks, you can. And one day you're going to be like, I'm just kind of tired of being pissed about it, of being sad about it. And I want to move it somewhere else. Yeah. And also what I invite people in that place, like if you are going to accept I'm in this place, what's possible then if you add curiosity into that? You know, what's possible if you're like, you know, I'm feeling this today, what does that actually mean to me? What is that? An example might be, you know, like, you know, I'm feeling the heartbreak, I'm feeling the loss. Mm. Huh, what have I actually lost? Mm-hmm. You know, and then and being not so much in terms of like I have to now do my journaling and write the list of the things, not that, but actually adding in this curiosity, the observer of self, because that's where you begin to create this intimate relationship with your heart where your heart says, oh, she's come to sit with me. Oh, thank you. Now we can get to work with threading some pieces back together. And when you're intentionally threading those pieces back together with curiosity and possibility, you can make different choices now. 
like some of the people who I've worked with, whether it's post-diagnosis or post-divorce in particular, not so much in death, but in diagnosis and divorce, mm-hmm. you know, further down their loss to magic journey, they're realising they want to make different changes and choices around their friendship group, mm. what they do on the weekend, the type of maybe the next partner or the next lifestyle choice that they're going to choose. So like suddenly the whole world starts to open up which it doesn't feel like it in that moment on the couch or like I would find myself, I in my situation was I had a chair in my back garden underneath a tree and I could sit there for hours. And it did, at some days it felt like I was stuck there. But that's where I needed to be in that moment to let the shockwave settle, to let my heart actually really, really break and not rush for the Band-Aid, not rush to bury. But I think in that feel-your-feelings place, what's possible if you add some curiosity, open up some possibility, and then the other thing that really supports in that feeling the feelings, the very early stages of a lost to magic journey is you make a promise to yourself. So this is something that happened to me very early on in my journey. And what I promise to do is I promise to always wish the best for myself. And I returned to that promise for years, Erica, years Mm. that maintained my, my, and my promise became my anchor and it became my circuit breaker because my promise came out of my great fear was people are going to pity me. No, poor Deborah, she lost her child. Now she's all alone, like all of that. And like to me, the type of woman that I am, like that is a horror story. It's like, no. And I also didn't want to go into, you know, extreme ice queen pretending I'm okay so that people wouldn't pity me. I didn't want to go to that extreme. Mm. So what I decided to do was to, to wish the best for myself. And it helped me, particularly, you know, in the moments when I wasn't doing the best for myself. Like if I was in denial of a chapter of my journey or I was convincing myself that it was okay to drink the wine because you're allowed today, you know, I would end up getting to this point where I would ask myself directly, Deborah, is this wishing the best for yourself? And if the answer was no, then that was the circuit breaker. That was the time to stop recenter and find a new way. And so I advise people, what's your promise? Because mine came out of my fear, my fear that I would be pitied or my fear that I would go back to my early 20s where I was so scared to feel anything or to be hurt that I became a master at being the ice queen. I didn't want either one of those extremes. And so if you make a promise that actually means something to your heart, it means you will return to it. And the other thing about our beautiful, exquisite humanness is when we not only make a promise but then keep that promise, in turn we build our confidence. Mm. If you keep a promise to yourself, you build confidence in self. I can do this. Actually, I am doing this. Yeah, I've got my own back here. And so I advise people, make a promise that means something to you because it'll be your anchor. I love that. 
it just gives somebody that direction. You know, it's more than the Mm -hmm. mantra. It's more than the, this is the saying I need today, or this is the, mine was that I'll always give grace. So I will always come Mm -hmm. from a place of giving grace and and giving love because I understand that we all are working through some shit. And so when the ex did something that hurt, my first thing was, is hold on, how can you extend grace in this situation? Because he's hurting too. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to snap back. You know, I'm, I'm a Scorpio moon. I'm a real fire nature when it comes. I mean, I am like feisty. (laughs) So when I get poked, I can't help it sometimes, but that was the commitment. And it doesn't mean that there's, there doesn't mean that I, I overextend. It doesn't mean I don't have boundaries, but it means that I understand that we're all humans having a human experience and it's, fucking hard some days. And so I don't know what's happening there. And that person just drove like an idiot or that person cut me off or that person was rude. I can walk away and not have it affect my heart or weigh heavy on my heart because I can give them a little space and a little bit of grace. And that did save me a lot of days by not doing an action that I would have later regretted. Yeah. And then in turn, I'm imagining that you got some of that grace for yourself. Yes. I gave yourself grace. Took a little space. longer. Took a little longer to give it to yourself, you know, and to work through that shame, the failure. Yeah. I failed. Yeah. I should have known better. I'm all about self-help. How come I couldn't fix it? Or the big one is, you know, I'm all into manifesting. How come I couldn't manifest what I thought I wanted? And I would even say that one probably still gets me some days, right? Because I was dead set that I thought I knew that saving the marriage was the right idea. And I I focused on that was my only option for a really long time. And in that, I learned that it didn't meet the needs that I have, that it wasn't filling me up, that there were new experiences that I wanted and that that was okay to let that chapter close. But I still work through some of that now, that when you really, when I made that commitment, it's going to work. It's the right thing learning to trust myself again, to know that like, Hey, I can trust what my heart is leading me towards. I don't need to throw up all of the, you know, nervous system, protective mechanisms of ego of, Oh, this isn't right. You should run away or, Oh, you should, you know, that I can just sit with it. Even if it's a little uncomfortable until I find my feet, until I get steady again and knowing what I want and how I want to move forward. Yeah. And it's tricky. Those, those beliefs that we have, and that we have developed through our lifetime when they get challenged. Like in the early days after my son's death, I was like, okay, so how is this the universe having my back? Yes. If I believe everything is always conspiring for my highest good, all right, then show me how that works, universe, because I'm interested in the answer to that. Yeah. You know, like I had to be really, really present to my anger And my anger was directed towards angels because I had decided the angels had taken my baby and it was their fault. And I got really angry. I spent days literally smashing stuff. And I wasn't angry at the world or the universe or God or Mother Mary or any other deity or God or goddess you want to talk about. In particular, I was angry at the angels those bitches took my kid, right? Mm -hmm. And it was, again, it was this interesting unraveling of like why them and it was because I trusted them the most. And when I was angry 
with them. It separated me from that source. And then I started to really deeply miss them. And so then, you know, so then a part of my journey is trying to figure out how do I, how do I alchemize this anger, which is a part of what I did. And, you know, in turn, I get this deeper relationship with the angelic realm, which is a great delight in my life. But I think we just need to be really honest about those moments. There's also the other extreme of like the spiritual bypassing or what I call putting the sugar on top. It's like there's no point in saying an affirmation unless you actually can feel it and believe it. Yes. Because all you're doing is you're putting sugar on top. It's like if you are feeling really guilty after a divorce, well, then we need to be with the guilt. Yep. It's like the first S of loss in the Lost to Magic framework, mm-hmm. the first S is called sadness and screaming because I believe we need to actually be with these emotions and more than one emotion will come up in a big life loss. And what I invite people to do is to see the emotion as emotion, energy in motion. It's energy moving through your body. And what is that sharing and teaching you at this point? Because it's moving you in a direction. And we do want to move it through and out the body because we don't want to hold guilt or shame or anger or whatever in the body because it will manifest to something else. But, yeah, again, how can we actually be creative and curious and see, like for me, seeing seeing the anger as energy in motion, what is this actually about? And I was angry at the angels because I was like, I trusted you and I feel like you've broken my trust. Mm -hmm. And then when I go deeper into that relationship with angels, I hear from them, nothing went wrong that day. Your son was supposed to die and you were supposed to stay In fact, you both designed it in soul time. And I knew that to be true. It just took me a long time to calm down to be able to hear what the angels really wanted to say. They were like, we have always been on your side. We are here with you now. And nothing went wrong that day. That's what you're talking about with this manifesting, like I'm going to manifest that this marriage stays together. What if that's not the highest good? Yeah then that won't manifest. It's not actually what you deep in your heart Mm. and in your soul really want. Yeah. And that's, you know, what came out is that I just was too afraid to start over. It's scary to start over. It's really scary to have to go back out there again. But realizing that I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of these pieces we're missing. Yeah. A lot of these pieces were never built. The foundation was never built and learning how to do that, but it only came from, from losing. It only came from grieving what the lost dreams from grieving the loss, mm-hmm. the reality. You know, I remember one of the littlest ones that I had to grieve that I thought was just going to wreck me was who was I ever going to get to go to a concert again with me? Like, how was I going to find somebody? Because my first wave of that was, how was I going to find somebody that likes exactly the same music as me so that Mm -hmm. we can go to the concerts, right? Because we had, when we were married, we had gone to a few concerts and I'd found these new bands that I liked. And I was like, who's going to fill that gap? And as that evolved, and as I listened to what it was telling me, it's like, yes, I can have that same experience, but guess what? The bands are different. Yeah. And maybe someone will introduce you to some new music you hadn't heard before and love it more. 
Right. And that's what happened. All of a sudden we're at a new band I had never heard of that has now become a favorite band that was a great concert. And so there was this grieving that I thought I was never going to have this specific thing again. But Mm -hmm. when I, when I could acknowledge that, then I could allow the experience to show up. That still, that still felt the same. It still met the same need, but it looked a little different because I stopped trying to control the details and I turned it over. Yeah, and you allowed the evolution, like our hearts break on purpose Mm -hmm. because our souls bounce and our souls are helping us in putting our hearts back together so we can move further along that soul pathway, which means when we tend to the healing of our heart, we move along that pathway with this healed heart and it evolves and expands. Like I was the same, like after Sage died, I was one day like struck by this knowing in this this one particular day, I was like, oh, I don't get to be a grandmother. I really wanted to be a grandmother. I only had one son. He's now gone. I don't get to be a grandmother. So I suddenly made all these choices on this day around my life. Mm. And it was about, you know, like I was, I was pissed off. I was, I grieved it. It hurt. Da, da, da. But what I didn't know then is that now there's so many ways the mother in me has turned up in the world. Like there's a massive community where I am literally the stage mother, where I support, where, where people will call me mother. There's communities in Sri Lanka that I've done peace building work with. They call me mama. Here on the island of Tobago, where I'm now married to a Rasta fisherman, we raise sheep. So I'm now a mother of sheep. But there's all these different ways that my mother energy, which in turn will continue to evolve into that grandmother energy, Mm -hmm. has continued to show up. But all those years ago on that day when I was struck, I felt really, really upset. (laughs) that I didn't get what I wanted, you know. I was like, I'd already put an order in with the universe. I had already decided I was going to be a really cool grandma and I couldn't wait. Yeah. You know, so things get redesigned. Yes. There are so many ways we get redirected and redesigned and it's that process of moving through from it happened to me to, oh, I can hear that this has a different purpose. This has a different reason. And I know for those of you guys listening, for us to sit here, and if you're really hurting, you're in the deep throes of the hurting phase of grieving the loss. It doesn't help when somebody tells you that one day it all makes sense. And it doesn't help when they say, oh, one day this won't hurt like this. Yeah. So you get to sit in the fields, you know, and you get to choose what you want to do with this lesson and how you want to move through it. Because there's no one way. There's lots of tools out there, but there's no one set way that we can give you that if you go do these three things, <laughs> you're going to fix your heart no. by next week. And that's why I say it's a journey. Like there's the big life loss to yeah. big life magic. It's a journey and every single person is going to take it in their own way. Yes, mm-hmm. you might work through the loss to magic framework or even a different way and yeah. you'll go forward and backward and sideways. But what I do like to share with people is around this bigger picture of the energetic heart because it kind of, for me, when I discovered it in my own journey, it kind of gave me a little bit of like the why. Yeah. Like the North Star that I can be kind of directed towards. Mm -hmm. And so when we're working with the energetic heart, 
what happens, our hearts break on purpose, which means the energetic heart literally tears apart or shatters or gets a big slice down the middle. However your heart feels, that's exactly how your heart feels. We all know those feelings. And one way we can look at the energetic heart is the same way that our muscles develop. So just for a second, we're going to take a side step to the left and think about your bicep muscle. So if you want a really well-toned bicep muscle, you are going to make the commitment to do those bicep curls, maybe get some hand weights, like you begin to work the muscle. If the day after working the muscle, your bicep is sore, you know I've done the right thing. I'm working this muscle. It's getting stronger because there's the sore muscle, which then in a couple of days isn't sore anymore. Repeat that. And over time, you get this well-defined sculpted bicep, which is what you wanted. Noting in the process, it hurts. But what actually happens inside your muscle when you do that, you do that bicep curl, you push the muscle beyond its capacity and the fibers in your bicep muscle tear. That's why it hurts the next day. And then our amazing human bodies work the magic to put those threads that have torn back together. In the putting them back together, they strengthen them. You break, they come together, you get stronger. Break, come together, get stronger. That's why we repeat the bicep curl. We can't do it once and then have the curl. You got to keep curling. You got to keep at it. You got to keep at it. And exactly the same thing happens with our energetic heart. The heartbreak comes, we get the shattering, all of the threads get torn apart. When we're intentionally working on our healing of our heart, our heart repair, we are working in pulling those threads back together intentionally. And if we work on pulling those threads together intentionally and repeat, we are in turn strengthening our energetic heart muscle which means on the other side of doing this heart repair, it's not only that it doesn't hurt anymore, your heart is literally stronger, which means you have now created more capacity for compassion, joy, love, magic. But that's the bit where you get to the magic part of the framework mm. once you've tended to these threads, whereas the, the tricky part here is if we don't tend to those threads, you may just stay a little bit broken or there'll be some band-aids over the threads, but they won't actually ever, you know, strengthen. They'll always be in a healing process. They'll feel okay. They're tended to, but they don't get stronger. And I like to share that with people in the broken moments. It's just like, well, this is actually a step in my journey. I can tend to these pieces. I can strengthen over time. I can continue to work this muscle, put these threads back together the time that it takes because in turn what I receive is a stronger heart. I love that. You know, even when I was in the deepest places of pain, that analogy would be a light that would bring you forward, you know, that you know that yes, it hurts, but as you navigate through this, your ability to feel things increases because mm-hmm. my ability right now to feel the highest highs that I have never experienced before in my life came because I can also experience the deepest lows. And because Absolutely. I can I can hold that space between the two, 
Otherwise, I really was living kind of a numbed out life. Nothing ever got really, it was fine and it wasn't terrible, but it it never moved past just being fine or slightly irritating or always just a problem, right? Yeah. And then doing the work, putting the heart back together. And again, guys, that's a journey. It was one step at a time. And sometimes I revisited the same lesson over and over and over yep. again. And it's just, just the way it goes because yeah. my you know, I'd lost my dad to pancreatic cancer. So that was like a three month turnaround that took a year of piecing that back together of all like a year into it. I'm randomly crying while doing the dishes and there was no reason for it, but it was how the heart was healing and moving through it. And then being able to hold that space, to have that understanding and, and to still find the connection. Yeah. Because when we minimize our experience of grief, or pain, or being able to sit without shame or blame. When we minimize that extreme of the heart, in turn, we minimize the the love and the joy and the belly laughs. Like you, you don't get to choose. It's like your heart has a vibration and it will vibrate to the lowest low as well as the highest high, but only on that vibration. So if we minimize one, you minimize it all. Yeah. Well, if you guys are interested in working on your heart, Deborah mm-hmm. has a great free resource to get you guys started in this journey so that you can be a little bit supported. You can be much more supported. As you know, you've heard Deborah talk a lot about her Big Life Loss to Big Life Magic program. We also have coaching options for you, but tell us about their free support tools that they can go get. Yeah, it's literally heart repair resources. So the first steps is just get into an okay space with being with your heart. And so there's a heart repair meditation and there's some different journaling prompts. And some people I know will do the meditation a handful of times before they can even begin to write. Some people need to write for a while first before they can actually sit in meditation with their heart. It doesn't matter which order you do it in. There might only be one journaling prompt that you want to answer for the next two weeks. That's fine. It's your adventure. It's your heart. You get to decide. But beyond making that promise to yourself, what's next is start to create that relationship with your heart and being able to sit and breathe with your heart and being able to explore that through creative writing, I find are two great ways into this relationship, this new knowing of your heart. And so the heart repair resources, it's the simple opt-in. You get the meditation and the prompts at the same time. And then once you have them, you get to decide for your heart how you want to repair. I love that. I love that because I think no matter where you are in your journey, we can always tune in to see if we can create a better connection with our heart and revisit it. Mm -hmm. We got different phases. You're always going to be going through different phases, right? There's never an end until we're gone. (laughs) There's never an end. So you're always on this journey of learning how to flex between the great love and abundance and learning or, or healing through and repairing the pieces that are in between. So you guys go check out the resources. They are in the show notes. They're also in social. We've tagged them there. I want you guys to make sure you have access to heal your heart because I promise you that healing your heart, not running from it, opens you up to all sorts of magic in your life. Mm. Yes, it 
does. It gets to be good, you guys. And it gets to be good when you learn how to listen to your heart. So thank you, Deborah, for joining us today to talk about all things heart healing. And for you guys listening at home, this wraps up another amazing season of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club. We'll be taking a little break, giving you some time to catch up on your episodes, check out the merch, check out the coaching programs. As always, check out all of the support options and know that you are never alone. I will see you guys for season three. And until then, give yourself grace, give yourself some heart healing and allow yourself to move forward on your journey. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. And that's it. Another great episode of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club, a podcast for women learning how to heal from their divorce. Tune in next week for more advice and tips to help you figure out life after divorce. And until then, give yourself grace, do the best you can, and know that this is all part of the process.